Today's episode of Locked On Longhorns is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. On today's episode of Locked On Longhorns, we're giving each position group a letter grade halfway through spring practices. Also, the 2023 recruits the Longhorns need to make sure end up in burnt orange and white next year. Great stuff on a Thursday. Let's get it. Are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Longhorns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day i'm your host jonathan davis before we get into these letter grades for each position group halfway through spring practices to all my baseball fans i just want to say happy opening day because of the lockout we thought this day may never come but we are here if you're watching on youtube you can see i have on this san francisco giants hoodie so clearly i'm excited but don't get it twisted i am a texas rangers fan excited to see what marcus Simeon and Corey seager will bring to this baseball team and to Arlington this year. If you're a Rangers fan and wondering how on earth I could wear a Giants hoodie knowing they beat us in the 2010 World Series, the answer is very simple. I simply just like the hoodie. All right, so moving into the letter grades for these position groups for the Longhorns football team halfway through spring practices. If you agree with what I'm saying, I need you to comment and tell me why. If you disagree with what I'm saying, I know you'll comment and tell me why. Like Charles Barkley said, we are going to start a dialogue Starting with the quarterback position, the most important position on the field. Sark says it's the most important position in sports. He's the quarterback guru, so I won't argue with him there. I'm giving the quarterback position a B thus far halfway through spring practices. The reason I'm giving them a B is because we're hearing that neither quarterback has been able to separate themselves from each other thus far. We know that Hudson Card had the natural advantage coming into spring practices, just spending more time on the 40 acres, spending more time with Sark, having gotten some playing time last year, this being the second year in Sark's system for him. So coming into spring practices, he definitely had a natural advantage. I think also um, he's came in with a different mindset, you know, trying to show those intangibles that you need to be a starting quarterback, being more vocal and trying to be more of a leader. And so although he showed some really good things in spring practices, I think there's still um, some causes for concern. One, uh, the fact that he hasn't been able to blow Quinn Ewers out the water in the quarterback competition, given the natural advantage he's had thus far, should be a cause for concern. And two, I think the most important thing is something we saw last year in his time when he played is his pocket presence. And we're hearing out of spring practices that that's still something that he may potentially be struggling with. Um, once again, it's spring practices, so you have to take everything you hear with a grain of salt. But this being a constant theme doesn't go over well for Longhorns fans. Once again, it's something that we saw last year. And Sark talked about having that contact courage and, you know, just being able to have that pocket presence, knowing that it's football, then you may get hit, but still being able to stand in there and then be able to deliver the ball to receivers and move the ball downfield and not panicking, um, you know, when, the offensive line may break down or the pressure is upon you. So hearing that he's still dealing with that, you know, is uh, a cause for concern. You know, he's done some good things, but still has a long way to go to assure Longhorn Nation, Sark and his offensive staff that he's the right quarterback going forward into the season. And of course, Quinn Ewers, we know that he has 
you know, he's one of the most talented quarterbacks in college football, but he's still learning, you know, um, he's still getting comfortable with the system, still getting comfortable with his time at the University of Texas. And, you know, before he can kind of step up and be a leader and show that he needs uh, to be the starting quarterback in 2022, he has to master the playbook, master the concepts, master the reads, really understand what Sark wants to do on offense, understand how to be a quarterback at the college level. You know, this is a player that hasn't played meaningful football in two years and has only participated in half of spring practices in winter conditioning. And so he still has a long way to go as well. I think the addition of Malik Murphy gives them some much needed depth at the position right now. And another playmaker that I don't think you had outside of Hudson card and Quinn Ewers, but I'm giving them a B because I don't think right now you can definitively say that quarterback is a position of strength for us, especially not even knowing who the starter is going to be. So I'm giving them a B right now, hopefully moving forward. I'll be able to grade them a little higher, closer to the season starting. As far as running back, I have to give them an A+. Jordan Whittington and many people have talked about how this is the most talented running back room in the country. Of course, it starts and ends with B. John Robinson. Anytime you have a player who is a legitimate Heisman candidate, that means that you have probably a really good position group, but it doesn't just start and end with him. One of the most complete running backs and best players in the country, not just running backs. We know what he can do in the run game, passing game, and also in pass protection. Just a complete running back who will be playing on Sundays in the near future. But you also have one of the leaders on the team in Roshan Johnson. We saw what he was able to do when Bijan Robinson missed time due to an elbow injury last year. Really talented playmaker. Keelan Robinson might be the second fastest player on the team behind Xavier Worthy, so you can do a lot with him. Jaden Blue, the four-star running back out of Houston, has been really good in spring practices thus far. We know how good Jonathan Brooks is. He's very talented. Um, and then Jaden Hullaby has moved over to the running back position, and I think he gives you uh, some interesting, you, interesting things you can do on offense as a blocker. Um, you know, just you could kind of move him all over the place with his different skill sets, being a linebacker, a running back, and a quarterback in his time at Mansfield 10 Review High School. So one of the best running back rooms in the country, if not the best, definitely giving them an A+. Moving over to the wide receivers, I'm going to give them an A. The reason I can't give them an A+, yet, is because they don't have a lot of depth at the position. And outside of the top three, Casey Kane has emerged as a wide receiver for it, but I don't know if you can still count on him when the actual game starts. And so I think top three is set. I'd probably give them an A+, because of everything for through seven or eight is, is why I knocked him down to an A. But we know Xavier Worthy was pretty much a thousand yard receiver last year, was less than 20 yards away from achieving that mark. I think it'll be pretty easy for him to go over a thousand this year, especially if the offense is clicking on all cylinders. Isaiah Nair kind of came in and we looked at him as a wide receiver too, somebody who would just be able, uh, you know, to make plays, but ultimately take pressure off of Xavier Worthy and make it harder for defense to kind of roll coverages over to Xavier Worthy and double team him. But from everything we're hearing in spring practices, it looks like more of a 1A, 1B situation right now. And Isaiah Nair can definitely be one of the best receivers in the country. He has a really big frame at 6'2", 220, can go up and win those 50-50 balls, but also has the speed to run bass corners and safeties as well. Very under rated part of his game so he's been um, an outstanding playmaker so far in spring practices Sark talked about Jordan Whittington probably being one of the best players on the field in spring practices thus far and you know his ability to win matchups over the middle dominate in the slot makes you can do so many things um, with this offense and so I think Jordan Whittington has made a lot of changes to his body to hopefully be able to play a full season for the first time at the 40 acres so with him in the slot Isaiah Nair on the outside and Xavier Worthy on the outside. You have three of the best receivers in the nation on one team, which is why I'm giving them an A. Casey Kane has emerged. Marcus Washington has done some good things. And I think if you can get anything from Troy O'Meary, this easily could be 
uh, A plus and will be a position of strength for this Texas Longhorns football team going into the 2022 season. As far as the tight ends, I'm going to give them a B plus. The reason I'm giving them a B plus is because we know how talented a couple of players at that position are. JT Sanders was the 16th overall prospect in his recruiting class, an athlete coming out of Denton. And we know what he's able to do in the passing game. Also, Jaleel Billingsley, although he fell out of favor at Alabama, it looks like he's been able to come in, reunite with Sark and do some good things in spring practices thus far. But the question mark we have is how able, you know, how well they'll be able to block. We know what they would. We know what they can do in the receiving game, but blocking is going to be key, especially when you have one of the best running back rooms in the country, like we mentioned before. And so I'm not sure either one of them has shown that they can be, you know, a good to above average blocker just yet. Of course, we still have a lot of time going into the football season. But that's really going to be key. We know, once again, that they can dominate in the passing game and create a lot of mismatches or defenses. But if they can't block, then that doesn't allow you to kind of flex your strength which is the running game with B. John Robinson, Roshan Robinson, I mean, Roshan Johnson, Keelan Robinson, um, and all of those playmakers at the running back position. So I'm giving them a B plus thus far just because they've been able to come in and, and do some really good things in the passing game. But still, we would like to see them uh, be able to block better and really uh, give you so many options as far as in the run game and play action, play action passing game if they can block as well as they can catch. So I'm giving the tight end group a B plus right now. Hopefully by the season, I can move that up to an A minus or an A. The offensive line, I'm giving them an incomplete right now. The reason I'm giving them an incomplete is because you still have six offensive linemen who will not be here to the summer. They brought in seven offensive linemen in that historic 2022 all gas, no breaks recruiting class. Well, only one of them on campus only one of them is on campus for the spring thus far. That's Cole Hudson. He's getting second team reps at right guard. I think they like what they have in Andre Carriage um, at left tackle. I think they're, you know, they like what they have in him as, as a run blocker and kind of a mauler. But the key with him is consistency. And I think that's for a lot of players on the offensive line. Jake Majors is probably the one that you can count on the most right now. I think Kelvin Banks has a really good opportunity to come in and challenge, uh, you know, Christian Jones for that right tackle spot. Um, you know, moving going into the season when he comes on campus in the summer. But right now I have to give them an incomplete. There's not a lot of depth on campus right now. And Kyle Flood hasn't been able uh, to move people around in the ways that he would like to, to just make sure that they have depth, but also see who are going to be the playmakers and who are going to be your starting linemen for the fall. It's just hard to determine that when six of your most talented offensive linemen aren't even on campus right now. So I have to give the offensive line an incomplete. I think once those freshmen, get on campus he can really start to have those position battles and determine who um, is going to be on the field starting with the Louisiana Monroe game that we can give them an accurate grade but just with so many offensive linemen not on campus thus far it's hard to get a read on them which is why I'm giving them an incomplete but moving forward we're going to get into some more position groups starting with the defensive side but first word from our sponsors so if you want, you know, better gut health or a better uh, immune system and you hate taking pills and vitamins, then you need to try Athletic Greens. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy free or gluten free, contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. Supports better sleep quality and recovery, supports mental clarity and alertness. It's the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third party testing. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. 
That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your, fi- with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash college. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash college to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Getting into these position groups, the letter grades on the defensive side, we're going to start with the defensive line. I'm going to give the defensive line a B plus. The reason I'm giving the defensive line a B plus is because I think They've shown really good things with their run defense. They have been experimenting with some three-man fronts. I think Byron Murphy at the defensive tackle position has really come on. I think the the issue with Alfred Collins and Keandre Coburn, who are both really talented, it give you really good size up front, is the consistency with them. And so Byron Murphy kind of emerging is a really good thing, but I think it also shows that you know Alfred Collins and Keandre Coburn, although they've been good in the spring, I don't think they've made the jump yet that we would have liked to see coming off the seasons that they had last year. Also, Tavondre Sweat up front is being able to do um, some really good things. So I think that they're going to be a lot better in plugging up the run, especially with some of the schematic changes uh, that they're planning on using next season uh, at the 40 acres. So look out for that. And, and Pete Kukowski uh, with Bo Davis's defensive line and then Gary Patterson, um, you know, the additions that he's been able to make. Uh, you know, just kind of bringing uh, some more insight to the defensive side, uh, the side of the football that he's really good at and showed that in his time at TCU. So I think at defensive tackle, uh, they still want to see a lot more, especially in the pass rush, but they've done some really good things in being able to stop the run thus far. And I think the schematic changes they're making are going to help them be much improved next year. As far as on the edge, I think OV um, has looked really good. And I think he's probably the one player you can count on consistently uh, right now. Once again, we're halfway through spring, so still really early. Um, Baron Sorrells has done some really good things. I probably think he would be your second edge right now if the season started today. Um, Justice Finkley has shown some really good things. Jere Bledsoe has looked good um, on the inside as well, but they move may move him outside um, depending on the look, depending on the front. And so um, they've talked about how the run defenses look good, but the pass rush is still a work in progress. I think that's one of the main reasons um, they're kind of experimenting with some of the the different fronts going from maybe a two down uh, lineman front to a three man front. And then also um, some four down linemen up front. Also, we know they're still looking at Oshine Mathis um, coming in in the transfer portal. I think he gives you, uh, you know, kind of a definitive. Uh, starter and leader at that edge position where maybe now you have a lot of talented players, uh, but you don't have that one player outside of maybe OV um, that you can lean on and, and say he's our dominant player at the edge position. So I'm giving them a B plus right now, uh, just because although I think they've done some really good things, it's still a work in progress. As far as the linebacker position, I'm giving them a A Minus, we know with Agent Zero, um, he's been able to do at his time at the 40 acres since he's moved over to linebacker. Probably your most talented player at the position. I'm looking for him to have a really good year and probably his last season at the 40 acres. But what's been interesting is the, you know, David Bender really coming on and David Bender splitting the first team reps at weak side linebacker. Uh, with agent zero. So I don't know if that's a bad sign for agent zero or just a really good sign for David Benda and Texas Longhorn fans going into the season next year. But I think they've both shown some really good things in spring practice at the weak side linebacker position. This is a position that does not have a lot of depth, but I think in spring practices thus far, both of those players have been really good and should be part of an improved Texas defense in 2022 at the middle linebacker position. I think one of the stars outside of David Benda 
has definitely been Jalen Ford at the middle linebacker position. We He flashed at times last year being third on the team in tackles and didn't even start. But I think now he's come in and not only been more confident and shown that he can really handle that middle linebacker position full time, but also has been more of a vocal leader. And from everything I've seen, players have really responded to it. So it's good to see him holding down that middle linebacker spot in Luke Brockermeyer's absence. And it looks like he's done everything he possibly can to take that spot from Luke Brockermeyer and be your starting middle linebacker in the fall. Also, they really like what they have behind him and Devin Richardson. He's had a really good spring. So outside of those four players, I know they've moved Jet Bush to the linebacker position. They like what he's able to do. Um, but outside of those four players, uh, they don't have a lot of depth at that position. So it'll be interesting to see what they do there. They're still targeting some linebackers in the transfer portal. They just lost out on Josh White uh, going to Baylor. But I know that's still um, an area they're looking uh, to feel and, and make sure they have some more depth there. But the four top linebackers have had a really good spring thus far. And that's why I'm going to give them an A minus uh, going into the season, because I think that, you know, Jalen Ford, David Benda and Agent Zero are all really talented playmakers who are going to make sure this defense is much improved going into the 2022 season. Defensive back. I'm going to give them an A. I wanted to give them an A plus, but I thought that I might be drinking the Kool-Aid. So I had to give them an A. Um, I think the addition of Ryan Watts has been huge. You know, I, I think he comes in and he's instantly been your best cover corner. Six, three. You typically don't see six, three corners. And I think he's taking full advantage of it full advantage of it really good size those long arms once he gets his hands on you it's hard to get a release off of him. and we know that Sark talked about wanting to be more sticky in coverage we talked about on the podcast how they want to play more man coverage this year just make it harder for you know receivers and quarterbacks to have easy completions getting your face and put more pressure on the quarterback maybe make him hold that ball a little bit longer and that benefits your pass rush right just gives them more time to get home so um, definitely the addition of Ryan Watts. Also, they've hit it out the park with two freshman corners and Terrence Brooks and Jalen Gilba. You know, I think going into the season, although, you know, some fans think that Deshaun Jamison could have played a lot better this year. I'm not uh, last year. Excuse me. I'm not arguing with that. Um, but I think that still probably going into the spring, he had one of those outside corner spots locked up. But with the emergence of Jalen Gilbo and Terrence Brooks, that's not looking like a foregone conclusion anymore. And I think as far as man coverage, I think Terrence Brooks and Jalen Gilbo, um, the the way that they're sticking in coverage, they're physical. I think that they probably at this point, halfway through spring practices from everything we're hearing, might be a better option on the outside, on the other side of Ryan Watts than Deshaun Jamison at this spot. But they all bring some really good things to the cornerback position. We know Deshaun is really athletic and can make some plays there as well. So I'm going to give them an A just because defensive back has really looked like a strength um, thus far. Of course, you have Jade uh, Barron at uh, the nickel position, and they've talked about how he's probably been the best player on this football team in the spring and, and what he can bring to that nickel uh, star position. So Jade Barron is definitely um, going to be a strength for this defense. He's been really vocal, and he's going to be a superstar, I think. You know, so many people have talked about him breaking out, so you know uh, that he's been doing some really good things in the spring. And he's going to be a part of a much improved secondary and, you know, football team moving forward. And then that safety, I think that right now, um, Anthony Cook is locked up one of those safety spots. Uh, we know how talented he is as a defensive back, and they think his football IQ, you know, just being the quarterback of the defense is really going to benefit him back there, but also just being a playmaker, you know, and being able to do so many things at the defensive back position. And then next to him, Keaton Crawford, just a really fast athletic playmaker that they think uh, will bring a lot to the safety position as well, moving over from corner. Sark likes uh, the way that he's been able to handle that transition. So 
Um, I think defensive back really is going to be a strength for this football team. Look for them to be a lot more aggressive, take a lot more chances, play a lot more man coverage, get into the receiver's face, get their hands on receivers, not play so far off receivers, give them cushion, give them easy completions, and really challenge these receivers at the line of scrimmage, make the uh, quarterback hold the ball a little bit longer, and that only benefits your pass rush, giving them more time to get home. So I like what they've done at the nickel star position at corner, especially on the boundaries, and then at you know, boundary and field safety with Keaton Crawford and Anthony Cook. So I'm giving them a A, and I think it'll be an A plus and a position of strength going into the 2022 season for your Texas Longhorns football team. As far as special teams, really quick, I'm going to give them a B. It's tough uh, when you have to recover from the loss of Cameron Dicker. And it's kind of, you know, an incomplete as well because, you know, it's easy to, you know, kind of make kicks and make great punts in, you know, spring practices and in the summer. But we have to see what they'll be able to do when the pressure is on the line. Can you make, uh, you know, field goals? Can you make a game-winning field goal or a field goal to put the team up late in the game? Those high-pressure kicks, you know, we know that uh, kicking is just about mental as it is physically, right? You can have the biggest leg in the world, but if your mental is messed up, you know, you won't be able to make those crucial, you know, game-winning kicks, game-tying kicks, kicks you need uh, to be able to improve on a five and seven season. So I'm giving them a B, a B. I think they've handled the loss of, of Cameron Dicker well thus far, but it's also incomplete because until we see them on the field and see how able, you know, how well they are in, in making kicks and different things like that, we just simply uh, won't know. So coming up next, I'm going to tell you about some recruits that I think the Longhorns need to make sure end up on the 40 acres. But first, another quick word from our sponsors. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Championships, odds, podcasts, and reviews for all the different leagues this season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, so really quickly, we know that uh, the Texas Longhorns are fully entrenched in making sure that they have one of the best 2023 recruiting classes in the nation. Right now, they have three commits. Uh, Jamel Johnson at the safety position, Dylan Spencer at edge, and Samaje Burrow at the linebacker position. So really quickly, we're going to go through some recruits that I think they need to make sure end up in the burnt orange and white in this 2023 recruiting class. So first, we're going to talk about Anthony Hill, the linebacker out of Denton. Now, he did go to high school with Jatavian Sanders. So hopefully, JT Sanders is doing his best to recruit him to the 40 acres. But I think even with the commitment of Samaje Burrow out of North Crowley, we don't have a lot of depth at this linebacker position. You know that Agent Zero is likely headed to the NFL next year. And so, um, you know, the future outlook of this position isn't great right now. I think you have um, some players that, you know, are coming in, like I said, Samaje Burrow. Um, you'll have Jalen Ford and you'll have David Bender, but you need depth, you know, especially if you're going to be playing two to three linebackers on the field at a time. And Anthony Hill is definitely uh, the most talented linebacker in uh, the 2023 class or one of them. So I think you need to bring him in. And I think he instantly gives you one of the best playmakers in the nation um, at that position, but also at linebacker, you know, gives you a playmaker that you could say, okay, now this is a position of strength, right? You know, we don't have a lot of depth or a lot of talent outside of the top four that I mentioned as far as you just moved a linebacker to the running back room and Jaden Hullaby. So Samaje Burrow was a good get, but I think if you get Anthony Hill, um, that's a player that you can rely on moving forward and say you have one of the best playmakers in the country at that position and really make it a strength for this Longhorns football team, which it hasn't been for a very long time. At the receiver position, I'm going to say Jontae Cook and Jalen Brown. I don't know how 
much of a chance the Longhorns thought they had in getting Jalen Brown, the four to five star wide receiver out of Miami. But it looks like since he was on campus last weekend, he's had Longhorns have a better um, you know, chance of getting him out of Miami. And it looks like he had a really good recruiting visit. He's one of the best receivers in the nation and gives you a dominant playmaker at the position moving forward, you know, after the Jordan Whittington, Xavier Worthy and Isaiah Nair era. And then also Jonte Cook, the receiver out of DeSoto. He's also really talented at the position as well. I know everybody in Longhorn Nation has been tripping over the video uh, where he said all we have is swimming trophies, you know, so I, I know that a couple of uh, members in Longhorn Nation were turned off by that. But I think, you know, he's just a really talented playmaker, in-state playmaker out of DeSoto that you don't want to let go to another school. But also, you know, they've talked so much about Jonte Cook, Arch Manning, and Ruben Owens wanting to play with one another. So if you can secure the commitment of Jonte Cook, I think that gives you a boost. Um, in the Archman and sweepstakes. So definitely need to make sure that you don't lose Jonte Cook in-state receiver to another school. Ruben Owens, um, you know, you know that you're uh, probably going to lose Bijan. You don't know what Roshan is going to do with his extra year of COVID eligibility. And so we know that they're looking at Cedric Baxter Jr. and Ruben Owens, the top two running backs in this 2023 class. But once again, because they've talked about Arch Manning, Ruben Owens and Jonte Cook playing together so much we've seen that there's possibly an 80 percent chance that it could happen i think you need to secure the commitment of reuben owens although he's all over the place right now he keeps saying his commitment is 100 percent open his recruitment is 100 percent open so there's no telling where he is on his decision but i think texas is still the favorites for him but just a running back that can come in and play right away and a super talented running back at the position so whether it's him or cedric baxter jr you need to make sure you get one of these top two running backs and continue to make sure that that's a strength for this Texas Longhorns football team. And then, of course, the crown jewel, the one you're working the hardest for, you have to make sure you get him. You don't want to lose him to Georgia or Alabama or all of this was for not Arch Manning. I think, one, because he gives you an elite prospect at the quarterback position that you can move forward from, whether Hudson Card or Quinn Ewers is the starter, if Malik Murphy gets time as the starter. Either way, you know, Arch Manning is kind of that next era of great quarterbacks at the 40 acres, but also – um, it just kind of shows where this football team is moving forward. I think if you get uh, the commitment of Arch Manning over two programs who have been the most dominant in college football recently in Georgia and Alabama, it shows people, you know, that maybe not Texas football is back, but they're on their way. And so I think that you need to make sure that you're doing everything in your power, which I know they are, to get Arch Manning in the burnt orange and white to solidify and validate everything you're doing with this 2023 recruiting class, Longhorn Nation. Thank you for tuning in once again, Locked On Longhorns, your daily number one source for all things Texas athletics, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Peace.